what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, it's scary out there. We're working from home. You're working from home due to the coronavirus. The economy is shaky, and I think we're being kind. But guess what? There's still some business startup ideas that might make sense. We'll touch on a few. Many businesses are shuttered due to COVID-19, and our stress levels are through the roof. So our guest today is Michelle L. Wanger, a small business owner and a professional coach and counselor. We'll talk to Michelle about strategies for staying calm and motivated while the world seems to be turning upside down around us. And finally, we'll share our small business of the month, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Dean of the School of Workforce Productivity in the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how you doing? Jeff, I'm doing fine. I am home today. Although, of course, as we uh, try to work through the, the crisis, make sure we get our students uh, through the semester the best way possible. I've uh, spent a lot of time at school as well as at home, but we're making progress. But but at least when you're at school, you're 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 being socially distant. Yes, I'm fortunate enough to be in our workforce solutions complex building that's eighty thousand square feet, and it's basically just a few of us there. So I've got about as much social distance as I could imagine Gary, or handle. Gary, is it is it true that your wife says that you've been socially distanced for like five years now? Is this true? Yeah, we had that conversation just this week. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, we need you to work on that. So anyway. I will work on it the best way I know how to do. So, you know, we, we always like to start with a little a little article. And, and um, you know, I was browsing around uh, the, the web and the internet. And I, and I came across an article uh, on the U.S. Chamber of Commerce website that had a listing of some business ideas that made sense to be starting at this time, the, the, the era of the coronavirus when, when we're all at home. But, but guess what? You know, there are certain things that do make some sense. So I, 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 put together, I, I put together a list from their article of businesses that uh, you, should, you should or could start. But Gary, guess what? I added in a few just to make sure that you're listening to see that, that maybe there are some in here that you shouldn't start. And I want you to be able to tell the difference. I'm hoping you can tell the difference. So number one, uh, cleaning services. I appreciate you putting, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'll say that, okay. So number one, cleaning services. Good business to start now or no? Probably not because of the social distancing. All right, but you still have to have your building clean. So actually cleaning yes, services is a good is a good one to start. So well, it sense. is, uh, again, because you're right, uh, our cleaning service comes by every day, 
whether they're two or three people in the building or a hundred and two or three people. Well, and, and, uh, and, and, about, and you'll see why I answered that question the way I did uh, when I talk about my small business. Well, and, and, and as businesses reopen, I think that we're going to have to make sure that uh, we tell our customers that everything is clean and, and, and good for them to, uh, to be in. So second one, I guess meth, I got that one wrong. Yeah, you missed that one. All right, second one, meth producing. Good business to start or bad business to start? I could answer that both ways. Don't um, overthink it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle right. can answer for me. You're, uh, you're, so you're not supposed to start. You're not supposed to be producing meth. Even well, I shouldn't now. be starting at any time. Yeah, How's so that? I, that's, that's a bad one. So that, that would be no. Okay, next one. Delivery services. I think that's a good business. That is a good business to be starting now because, uh, you know, people are a little bit, you know, if you're sheltering at home and you need something to get from point A to point B, you know, delivery services could be a good business for you to be starting. Uh, meal prep delivery services, delivering meals to people and or, or making meals and delivering them to people. I certainly think that's a good business to be. You're, you're right. That's right. Good, good business to start. Um, let's see what else. Landscape and yard care companies. To start? Yeah. Good business to start. Yes or no? Probably. Yeah, I can uh, certainly it's, uh, not impacting their business right now. Cause I can hear the landscaping companies uh, in my neighborhood right now, cutting yards. Yeah, well, you're right. So at least they're moving forward. So that's another potential good business to start. How about this one? Um, toenail clippers, people that will clip your, come in and clip your toenails. I would say from a social distancing and uh, personal contact that that's probably not a good business that's on that's on the that's on the naughty list you got that right even even though well, as we, we we speak you know in georgia they're they're saying that you can run your tattoo parlor now or i know you, of course you know tammy was in charge of our cosmetology program at the college and she's very uh, safety and sanitation uh sensitive so she's pretty adamant that that's not a business that people should be doing right now I, I would I would tend to agree with you. Um, mask makers, and we'll, we'll, we'll assume that the mask is more of the protective kind as opposed to the Mardi Gras kind. I think that is a tremendous business to be in, and we're seeing people switch from one product they're making to making masks or gowns or those type of things. Of course, they're doing it to help everybody, but I think it's certainly a good business right now. So do, so do you think this one is on their list? Coffee subscription companies that I assume no, would no. deliver coffee to your home. You could like subscribe and, uh, you know, for coffee. I would think they're probably the same as other delivery services. And if uh, places are not open for getting coffee now, I think uh, that's, that's probably just like uh, delivering food or what other items might be needed. Uh, how about uh, contract killing? <laughs> I don't think that's a good business anytime. 
Well, maybe a good business, but I don't think it's the right business. It's probably not. It's I hear it's lucrative, but probably not something you should be entering into. Um, last like one. Last one I'll give you. Uh, game making and selling. I think that probably is an outstanding business. I, I think so too. My wife, yeah, uh, that's on the list. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so, and, and, and actually I think my wife, who's, she's one of the people that enjoys puzzles and whatnot. Uh, she and my daughter were, I think, looking out online, trying to buy puzzles and they're like weeks out, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, I guess puzzles and games are probably a good thing to be doing right now. It's one of them. So anyway, there you go. Very cool. I, I, that was a, a good segment. I appreciate you doing that. Well, I think you're, yeah, you, you didn't do well. I'm going to give you like a B minus. Yeah. You, okay. you, we're still going to, we're going to have to work with you on that. That's okay. All right. Was, was it because my meth answer? <laughs> you seemed a little <laughs> uncertain there. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I would say that uh, breaking bad is a good uh, thing to be streaming right now when you're, when you're sheltering at home, very entertaining okay. show. So I, I recommend that, but anyway, we should go ahead and welcome our guest. We have uh, Michelle Elwanger with us. Michelle is the owner and founder of Edge Coaching. And Edge Coaching and its sister company, Counseling Edge, provide professional services designed to help individuals thrive. By increase, increasing awareness and teaching new tools, individuals are empowered to face fears that stand in their way of their personal and professional success. Uh, she's Got lots of credentials with initials, like uh, uh, went to Virginia Tech, has a master's degree in counseling from Appalachian State University. She is a licensed professional counselor, a nationally certified counselor, and a member of the American Counseling Association. Um, does a lot of work in, uh, as an executive coach, training facilitator, and uh, has clients has had clients from companies including Google, Microsoft, Verizon, UPS, and done a lot of stuff. And Michelle, we're really pleased that you can you can join with us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, Jeff. Looking forward to it. Well, Michelle, just uh, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about uh, edge coaching and, and the work that you do? Sure, sure. So, uh, my my background, as you said, it started out back in the 80s. It's, it's in the field of human behavior and psychology. Uh, I did not make it to graduate school. I, I ended up getting married and having four kids until my youngest went back to school. So I, I opened my counseling practice. It's called Counseling Edge in 2009, working with people in that field, but then also recognizing we have a lot of individuals who don't necessarily have mental health needs, but they are looking for self-improvement. They're looking for areas of their life that they'd like to be better. And so that's what Edge Coaching does. And Edge Coaching was created in 2012. Both are very active businesses and we're, we're, doing, we're doing great. And I, I love what I do. The people I work with are some pretty cool human beings. Well, well, well. How has your has your business been impacted by the the health crisis, the pandemic, and have you had to make adjustments to your business? My business has been fortunate in the sense that I can still connect with clients remotely. In fact, about about a third of my clients, existing clients, are not local clients. They, they are clients all over the United States, and, and we set up scheduled sessions, and we do that remotely. 
my local clients, while they enjoy and I enjoy them coming to my physical office, Jeff, you've been in the space. It's just a really nice, great space for people to be. They're not able to do that anymore for obvious safety reasons, but I still am able to connect with them. And, and, and so again, I'm fortunate. I'm one of these individuals. My job does to transcribe to remote work and, and, and I'm doing that. Now that's not minimizing since I have a range of clients from, from different walks of life. You know, some of my clients are, are struggling because they have, for example, kids at home that they're having to take care of. So, so we're adapting, we're adjusting, but it is work. So, so, and, and I, I appreciate the fact that I have had the opportunity to visit your office and, and you do have a comfortable couch where I've been able to explain how challenging my job is working with the, the boss that I've got. So, so I, I do appreciate yeah. that. It's been, it's been a challenge. Um, he can be know, a slave driver. That's what I, so anyway, anyway, so in, in all seriousness, you know, with, with all the challenges going on, uh, in, in the current economic environment, Michelle, I know you're dealing with people with broad ranges of uh, experience and responsibilities that uh, are just operating under a lot of uncertainty these days in terms of where the economy is going, where businesses are going, and uh, stress levels can be be very very high. And you know, I always I always just find that uh, uncertainty creates a lot of stress. So you know. If we know what the challenges are in front of us, it's often easier for us to deal with them. But uh, with everything on lockdown, uh, things are the world's turned upside down a bit. How are you working and and with with folks who are business owners that are facing these challenges with high levels of stress? And uh, what recommendations do you have for them in terms of how to go about navigating uh, these challenging times? I, I like pointing out to people that even when we're not having a pandemic, the number one diagnosis and issue that we deal with as clinicians is what falls underneath um, anxiety disorder and, and that anxiety that anxiety umbrella. So this, this is just exacerbating the issue of anxiety that we face as, as a country. I recommend the same things during a pandemic that I recommend when we don't have a pandemic. And if I had to give you, let's, let's say top four for dealing with it, things you can be doing. One I would put in there is you got to pay attention to your mind. Uh, you have to challenge intrusive thoughts. Clinically speaking, we do a lot of cognitive behavior therapy, which is looking at your mind, what's happening What's feeding your thoughts? Is it fear? Because if fear is feeding your thoughts, you're not going to be at a good place. You're not going to have right mind. And we need to clean that up. So if you're noticing a lot of fear thoughts, I'd encourage you to shine light on those and and maybe challenge them. If you can't do that challenging on your own because you're struggling, involve someone who cares about you, a a partner or a, a close friend that you trust and challenge those intrusive thoughts. Two, I, I suggest exercise. When, when we're under high levels of stress, we release a chemical called cortisol. And cortisol is not meant to be constantly in our system. It's going to make us maybe feel sick to our stomach and not good overall. So exercise helps to 
break down the cortisol and helps us to feel better. I know people have to be creative. They can't go to their gym. Some of their parks are closed. But there are things they can do, and they need to be creative in figuring this out. Three, along the same lines, nutrition. We know this. Um, I'm not encouraging people to set new goals, new objectives, lose weight. But if you can just stay where you are, you're going to come out of this ready to shoot some goals and objectives. So that, that might mean limiting the, the comfort food um, and making sure we get some nutrition balanced in with it, not becoming excessive with bad habits, whether it's our food choices or our beverages we're consuming. And then the last, the last four thing that I'd say, mindfulness. And for anybody who's listening who's not familiar with what that means, it's just staying focused on the present moment. Uh, if I was at my office, I would. I have an hourglass. I have an intern that bought me an hourglass because we talked about this analogy for, for mindfulness. And if you think of an hourglass, the base of this hourglass this is, this is all the stuff that's already happened. You can't do anything about it. If you lost your job, you can't do anything about that. If you thought you could have done better last week and you didn't, you can't do anything about it. And then there's the top of the hourglass. That, that's called the future, the future events. That's the stuff that we're going to have to deal with later. But if we get stuck in that top part of the hourglass, Jeff, it can feed a lot of this anxiety. So the sweet spot is going to be that center. That center of the hourglass is what I'm calling the present moment. And that's the only moment where that we really have and the only moment where we can be doing things that are proactive and helpful. So that's, that's the advice I'd give outside of the pandemic, and it absolutely applies more than ever during the pandemic. And it's the challenging the intrusive thoughts. It's getting some exercise, even if you have to be creative at least staying where you are from a nutritional standpoint. And then the last, mindfulness. Mindfulness is going to serve us well to reduce anxiety during this time. Hey, how about you guys? I'm curious. Out of those out of those four that I listed, either Jeff or Gary, how are you guys doing? Well, well, I, you know, some of those areas I think I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-exercise. You know, I'm, I'm, getting out, doing walks. I, I'm still doing some jogging. I do some bicycling and, and, and I do find it helpful to me to get out there and work up a sweat uh, every now and then. I think that that makes me feel better. I, I think I do okay on challenging my intrusive thoughts. I, I think where, where I struggle sometimes is, is you know, what you're saying about mindfulness and, and really trying to, to focus on the present because there are some times when I guess uh, my mind uh, tends to, to run away with all the things that I have to do tomorrow or have to do later today. And, and uh, you know, sometimes taking a step back and enjoying the moment uh, is an area that I, can, that I could do better on. How about you, Gary? Well, I like to talk about the exercise. I, uh, my wife and I, uh, have started walking really during the pandemic and it's really been a great thing for us. One is I like to walk when I'm on campus too, but this time it's been really good because we try to walk and we try not to talk about work. We talk about the kids and what's going on and it's really, I'm going to use this almost like a cleansing experience that we just get ourselves away from all the challenges and 
issues that are facing us either at work or with our family, which we all have right now. So that's been a good thing. Uh, the intrusive thoughts of fear, I, I see, and I always use this uh, phrase that my uh, old boss uh, used to tell me about eating the elephant one bite at a time. And mm. I use that a lot, uh, talking to our directors and our faculty who kind of see this. Uh, it's a challenge and they're not sure how we're going to get to the end of it. And so I said, well, let's just uh, take the things and steps and walk through it and um, build on the little successes that we uh, can do at college to get all of our courses completed. And I'm trying to use that same uh, advice for myself with all the things that are going because there are many things that are happening. Uh, we're doing our normal things of completing the semester, but then we're doing all the other things to not only solve the problems that we're facing, but we have to document them. And that's taking a lot of time for uh, my directors and you and me, Jeff, to document all the great things that we're doing. So I have to back off of those fear things and like eating the elephant one bite at a time has been a good uh, bit of advice that I give my folks and myself. And I tie that with the exercise and that's helping me move forward. I feel good about where we are. I know we're going to be better when it's all said and done. We just don't know when that's going to be. Now, now, Michelle, you, 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 you did mention comfort foods and, and whatnot, but you don't seem to be, it's not like uh, you're, you're telling people that we need to uh, go out there and, and, just uh, become vegetarians quite yet and just focus totally on our diet? I, I think we need to be balanced. Um, we, we won't go into that vegetarian comment. Uh, our, our whole family is pretty plant-based in diet. Um, so so I, I, I think my point here is that we, we need to be intentional with our eating, maybe not set unrealistic goals for ourselves because if we do set unrealistic goals and we're not successful with them, that's going to demotivate us. You know, something that, that I guess has helped me a little bit uh, when, when I guess intrusive thoughts have come into my mind is sometimes, and, and Michelle, you can weigh in on whether I need much more psychological counseling uh, if I think well, we're I thinking think, like I this. Uh, is is sometimes I'll think, what is the worst thing that could happen? You know, and when when some of the bad thoughts, and I'll, I'll and you know, because I think sometimes uncertainty is what uh, creates a lot of anxiety and fear in people. So if I sort of follow, like, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen, and and recognize that, well, maybe it's the worst thing that can happen isn't as bad as I thought, and I actually could manage my way through that. Sometimes I'll feel better. I yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I do the same thing. Saying, okay, you got to, when you can't see how you're going to make, you drop back and, or I drop back and say, okay, what is the worst that could happen? And if that's not too bad, then I can move forward and say, okay, we'll be, we'll get through this one way or another. It's, it's, it's a good tool. It's a good tip. I sometimes call that positive worry. We all know traditional worry, which is thinking about the worst case scenario, what I would call positive, when you catch yourself imagining the worst case, just stop. Again, the words imagine and, and, and imagine the possibilities. Imagine the positive. You still got to be in touch with reality, but I'd much prefer a person's mind to be positive uh, than, than to be negative. It's, it's not going to serve them well. I, you know, an, another new challenge that uh, many people are facing now is uh, working from home, telecommuting. Um, you know, and again, it's you know sometimes different is uh, uh, stressful 
and uh, you know, for some of us, uh, you know, they're they're we're finding that working from home with uh, students, uh, with our spouses, uh, means that there's not as much elbow room as what we would like uh, and normally have. Michelle, do you have uh, thoughts on suggestions for people that might be now working in a, uh, working from home and and how they can do that effectively and, and manage their way through that? Well, one of the most important things I think we're having to ask ourselves is what can be a designated workspace? And, and honestly, people are in different situations. Some people don't have homes and outside spaces. They have tiny apartments and it's, it's very limited. But, but it is important to be intentional about creating a designated workspace. And, and once you've figured out what that workspace is going to be, it's also important to ask the question, what's going to make this functional and comfortable? Functional and comfortable. So in our family, we have our middle son came to visit us. He's actually living here. He's from Seattle area at the beginning of March. My husband and my son both have shared office space, if you will. It's in our dining room. One's at one end, one's at the other end of it. However, they quickly noticed the chairs in the dining room are not that comfortable. So we had to get a, an office an office desk that was at my office and, and bring it in. And then one from a different little desk area of our home and bring that in. So creating the designated workspace and then asking what's going to make it functional and comfortable is going to help. It's going to go a long way. Sounds good. And, and if, if people are not being uh, respectful of your, your space, any, any suggestions there? Um, our, mm, mm, this sounds like a loaded question. What, what, and, and, and I know your family, Jeff. I'm asking, what, I'm asking for a friend. You know, it's certainly not me. I'm all cool. Uh-huh. I, I know who's living at your house right now. So I think it's the same advice I would give at all times. Communication is really important. We've had to have with the three adults all working from home and in, in, in our, our space, we've had to have conversations, just just simple, candid conversations, not not emotional, not angry, but hey, can we do this? Can we do that so that this works and functions? I'd encourage individuals who are struggling to elevate their effective communication with others. It all comes back to that communication thing, Gary. It's always about communication. Michelle, I know that you work with a lot of executives that uh, are, are have have lots of responsibilities at, at companies. And uh, do do you have advice for them as they're taking on new responsibilities and and probably feeling quite a burden of uh, uh, you know trying to manage companies through situations that uh, we've never seen before with this pandemic. Yeah, and, and I'd say this really, this, this applies to everyone, not just my executive clients. And because I do work from people from all different walks of life, right now, more than really generating these new drives, this increasing motivation right now, I think the most important thing that everybody needs to be focusing on is being balanced and healthy. So to that end, I check in with all my clients at the very beginning of the session 
and, and I check in to see how they're doing. As basic as how are you doing? I'm going to be looking for what are their thoughts? Do their thoughts seem to be healthy, right mind? Emotionally, how are they handling this? Because when the thoughts and the emotions are in alignment, the, the drive and motivation and doing what they need to be doing, that, that's going to happen organically. Makes sense. So, Michelle, any other just thoughts, suggestions, recommendations for our listeners for for managing their way through our, our coronavirus era? Well, I see myself as a glass half full versus half empty person. I smile a lot. I'm, I'm happy most of the time, even, even though I do notice things and recognize that right now there's so much fear. There's so much suffering. I think that's actually an opportunity, though, to, to define us, to define us as, as, as human beings, really. So I'm challenging myself and my other clients, anybody really out there, to keep your eyes and ears open how you can be helping others. It's, it's, it's asking the question, you know, what can I do to be of service during this time? I, that's a huge question that I would hope all of us are asking. Because there, there, there are individuals who don't have jobs. Up to 20% of our population is going to be unemployed. That's, that's huge. There's going to be individuals who have reduced income, and so they're struggling. And then there's individuals, these would be more my exact clients, they are working, they do still have income, but they have 20 to 25% more work that they're engaged in because they're having to deal with ramifications of the pandemic. That's checking in on their people more and the relational component and the logistic component. So everybody just, just taking a breath and asking, what can I do to be a service during this time? This is going to pull us away from ourselves and our anxiety, and it's, it's going to connect us with others in, in a way that we should be doing all the time, but the pandemic offers us an opportunity to really up that game. Well, I, I think, think that's important, uh, particularly in our, I think in every business, but I'm used to seeing our faculty and staff on a regular basis, but now I have to make a conscious effort to reach out to the folks that are working from home and where I don't see very often. I'm fortunate enough to see Jeff uh, quite a bit or talk to him a lot, so we stay close. But I do worry about those faculty and staff that are at home because they do have those fear thoughts. What's going on? It's that black box theory, as I say, that you don't know what's in there, and so you start imagining things. And so I like to send emails or call when possible so that people know that somebody's thinking of them, and it gives them an opportunity to uh, talk if they've got some challenges that maybe we can help. Yeah, I think that's great, Gary. And I think in our community too, being aware of things like the nonprofits, I, I have both clients and friends that work in that field. They, they really need our support. Not only do they not need us to go away, they need to ramp it up. And all of us know someone who's elderly and maybe they don't have local family calling them, checking in on them, making sure they have food and groceries helping those that come into our radar that need to be helped and re really upping that game. Yeah, I think that's important. My wife is doing that. She's reaching out to folks in our neighborhood and around us that are elderly and they don't have family close to them. And so she's either calling them and or sending cards on a weekly basis just so they know somebody's thinking about them. I think that's- her feel good as well as uh, hopefully making the uh, folks feel good too. Yeah. Well, and I also I think that relates uh, to 
a lot of our local small businesses, which are are struggling, uh, you know, to 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 stay around at this point in time. Uh, I know that uh, you know, if if you're in a position to to uh, support your local businesses, whether it be through uh, takeout for local restaurants or or whatever you can do, it's 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 really appreciated and. No, and, and not everybody is in a position to do that right now. But if you can, that's that's something that's great to do. I know that uh, uh, you know my, my wife and I have probably been a little bit more sensitive to the amounts that uh, you know we're tipping people in those situations as well, and that we want to do what we can to, to just to help. And and uh, people should be thinking about that as they go forward as well. So yeah. So, Michelle, we really appreciate uh, you joining us today uh, to be on the podcast. You have been a great uh, and a very appropriate guest. How how can people find you and how can they find Edge Coaching? I enjoyed being here. Thank you guys for having me today. Great to have you. If you want to find out more about what I do, just go to our website. It's edgecoaching.com, pretty basic. Um, and, and I hope people really use the tips that you would get if you were working one-on-one, but you use these tips, you pick one and you implement it and it, it really helps you during this time. That's super. Well, we, we thank you so much for being here, but we're not done with you yet because, uh, we've got, uh, we've got our lightning round. Are you up for our lightning round? Mm, can we make Gary do it? No, no, no. <laughs> Gary sort of had to do it at the beginning of the show. So, so now, now we're going to go with you. You're, you're our special guest. We want to give you the the proper attention that you deserve. Our our lightning round today is sponsored by Ned Ryerson Insurance. You can really never have enough insurance, can you? You really want to check out Ned Ryerson Insurance. So go to the internet, look up Ned Ryerson Insurance. He'll set you up. Anyway, Michelle, we got some questions for you. Are you ready? All right, bring it on, Jeff. Okay. When you escape from quarantine and your stay-in-place mandate, what is your first vacation spot going to be? Oh, easy. Going to Lake Michigan, where my aunt has a little cabin that she lets all of us use. Sounds lovely. Who is your favorite Star Wars character? Favorite Star Wars character? Hmm. I like the ones that struggle. I'm going to say maybe, I'm going to say maybe, I don't want to say anything. People are going to be like, that's so dumb. Um, I I like Anakin. I mean, he's real, right? He struggles with stuff. We're like, oh, why did you do that? And yet we all do crazy, stupid things that we shouldn't do. I don't (laughs) think we're not unlike him. So I'm going to go with that. You're going with Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. The crazy, stupid things like try to take over the world sort of stuff. He's he's so broken. There's something about brokenness that's very magnetic to me. Okay. It's my field, Jeff. Let's come on. Okay. Let's not attack. And this isn't lightning, by the way. Moving <laughs> ahead, is it is it okay to wear socks with sandals? Don't even go there. Absolutely not. And my husband always does. And yet you, you've been with him a long time, so he must have some good attributes as well. Uh, what, is your, what is your favorite day of the week? 
Uh, weird, but Monday, because it's when I get my, my rest of the week uh, in alignment, and it's a very creative day for me. I don't see clients until Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. So I love Mondays. I, I don't think we've had anyone ever answer that question with Monday. So I, I, that is, you get to have that day. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I like what I do. It's good. It's good. I like my week. What is your shelter-in-place TV or movie streaming recommendation? I don't, I don't do that. That's not me. I'm reading a book right now. Geeky. I know. All right. What's your book recommendation? Uh, it's called, well, I don't know that people would like it, it's, but it's great. I think it's wonderful. It's called The Overstory. Uh, and I think I won a Pulitzer Prize in maybe 2018, 19. It's pretty cool. It's about plants and their interconnectedness in trees. Ugh. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite uh, quarantine comfort food? Uh, if I'm being totally honest, nachos and a glass of wine. That's, that's <laughs> and I, I and I try to limit that to just a couple times a week. Well, I, not always successful, but but that's that's the goal. I think that sounds excellent. Here's our last question: If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be lightning. Um, my superpower would be to, to be able to activate people's hearts, um, so that they, they're, they're people who are connected to other people and they're not causing any harm. I know that sounds weird, but that's my field. And our big thing is to cause no harm. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to somehow activate people. I think that sounds like an excellent superpower, although I don't think that you'll ever be a Marvel superhero and get a movie made, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> it is okay. It is okay. Well, Michelle, we appreciate you playing our lightning round and we always like to end our show with uh, giving a shout out to small businesses that uh, we've come across. Michelle, do you, do you have a small business that uh, you'd like to, to share with our audience? If I picked a small business, there's a local one. We, we have a 25-acre farm near Probst Crossroad, and about two miles away, it's called LRF Farms. It stands, I think, for Lucas Richards Farms. But his mom has a greenhouse out there, and I'm a plant person and love plants. She has some of the most beautiful plants that you can get, and I have recommended going out to LFR Farms for plants, for people who enjoy their plants, both their annuals and their perennials and anything that grows. She, she tends to have some stuff and it's really nice and it's local. Okay. So that's LRF or LFR? I'm sorry. Um, LRF. LRF. F is for the farm. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, we appreciate that. You're welcome. Gary, what is, uh, what's your small business of the month this month? Thanks, Jeff. My small business of the month is Student Made, which I learned about earlier this week while watching a Business Channel segment. And it all started with a pair of jeans that Kristen Hadid was an undergrad wanted to purchase, but she didn't have a job. So she reached out to her parents to buy these lucky brand jeans. And of course, they said what many of us do. No. Why don't you get a job? Not words that she wanted to hear, but she did. Even though she had a, a hectic schedule with her finance degree, she decided to go on Craigslist and say she'd clean houses because she was 
willing to clean houses and figure that's a way she could earn money to buy the jeans and maybe finance her upcoming spring break trip. So that's how the business started. It started very small, but it became very successful because people liked the way she cleaned houses. She added a couple friends to help her. And so, as we know, successful business can grow by referral. And that's exactly what her business did. The big turning point in her business was that she approached one of the largest property management groups in Gainesville about uh, moving out, cleaning for apartments in the summer to get ready for the new students coming in in the fall. And all three of us understand uh, the importance of making sure that those things are taken care of before our kids went to college. Uh, it worked so well when they said yes, that she grew from a staff of four to 60 in less than a month. Wow. She had a small army of uh, young ladies and men uh, from the college, but it worked really well because these clients became attached to the students. They trusted the students. So she expanded the business to include other things that these families could use, like organizing, dog walking, other things that they didn't have time for. So the business continued to grow. She's graduated from the University of Florida a few years ago, and the business is uh, continuing to flourish. So I like that story because you can see how that can work. A simple idea, a simple need of needing some jeans or money for a spring uh, break can get us motivated to do a lot of things. So. I like it because it's a, a story that we can all identify with. The reason I heard about it is because she was on TV talking about how she's going to handle her business challenges under the pandemic. And so, again, another classic example of the hundreds of thousands of businesses out there that are struggling this way. It's not a, it's not a big business, but it's also not a small business. So it's, I think, a good example of what people are going through uh, in our current crisis. Sounds good. All right. That was a good one. All right. Uh, my small business of the month, I was, I was uh, reading a, a column by, by Thomas Friedman about the importance of uh, high-speed internet in rural communities. And he talked about two Minnesota inventors who came up with a robotic chicken and turkey coop cleaner. It patrols the poultry house for dead birds and tills the bedding, but with an unexpected byproduct. The birds exercise more and are healthier because they're constantly running away from the, the robot or they're pecking at the robot. It also decreases the chickens pecking at one another, so there are fewer birds are picked on and shunned. Mortality decreases and money is saved on feed and medicine. So the name of this business and the name of this product is called Poultry, poultry Patrol, and this is my small business of the month. Poultry Patrol calls itself a robotics company that services the poultry production industry providing, by providing solutions for deceased bird detection and removal, bed tilling, increased bird movement, welfare quantification, and improved biosecurity. Jack Killian, an electrical engineer, started Poultry Patrol in partnership with the tech incubator DigiLabs in Minnesota. And Poultry uh, Patrol's mission is to innovate the poultry production industry for the next generation of farmers by protecting their time, money, and birds. And if you want to find out more about uh, Poultry Patrol, go to poultrypatrol.com. As Joe Bob would say, you should check it out. So. Anyway, thank you for joining us today. Michelle, thank you very much for, for being our guest today. Thanks. Yeah, enjoyed it, guys. 
Gary, it's always uh, good to uh, talk with you and uh, uh, appreciate uh, everyone uh, joining us. If you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if we choose your small business, you'll get one of our coveted uh, Entrepreneur Exchange prize packs. And uh, you can check out uh, Michelle L. Wanger and her business at, uh, at her website, www.edgecoaching.com. And you should be checking out all the great podcasts that you can find on the mesh at the mesh.tv. And we hope that you'll check those out. We hope you'll subscribe to ours and appreciate that you listened in. And we look forward to having you uh, talking with you again next month. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Stay healthy and safe. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.